by physical stature, there wasn't much to her. She was four feet, ten inches tall, a little less than a hundred pounds. By social status, she was even less impressive. She was born in the obscurity of Albania. Her father died when she was eight. Her mother struggled to financially keep the family afloat. She had just a basic level of education. She was not connected to any person of power. She was single her entire life. Yet from the mid-1980s to 1997, she was widely known as the most influential woman in all of the world. Popes, presidents, prime ministers stood in long lines to wait for just one hour with this woman. She won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. And the woman that I'm talking about is who? Mother Teresa. And when you look into the face of that woman, you see a life and a legacy like few others in the history of our world. Now the question becomes, how did this pint-sized nun from nowhere create such an influence that had an impact that was worldwide? I mean, she was an amazing person of influence. In fact, You say her name now, many years later, just like many of you just did. You know her by name. And God raised her up at such a point in time in which Christian leaders and followers of Christ have known her story and will continue to know her story for the history of the world. 1 Chronicles 16.9 says this, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully connected and fully committed to Him. You see, I believe every single day what God does is that He goes through all of planet earth, through His Spirit, through seven billion people, to see if there is one person who would be fully devoted to Him. And when he sees them, his presence and his power immediately flows into that person. And he realizes that they're capable of doing extraordinary things and having amazing influence. There's no doubt in my mind when God searched planet Earth and he found Mother Teresa, he found a woman who was committed to him. She was an amazing woman. You know, very early in her life, Mother Teresa, some of you may know this, she she made some powerful and private pacts with God. Some vows that she made with God. 
One of those she formed in 1942 when she was a school teacher. She was unknown to anybody. Nobody knew her except as Teresa. And she made a vow to God that she would do absolutely anything he would ask her to do. It was just between her and him. And the way she phrased it was like this. It will come up on the side screens. God, I will refuse you nothing. I will refuse you nothing. She said, I'm going to say yes. Every single time you ask me to do something, know in advance, God, my answer is yes. No matter what it costs. Now, in response to these promptings from God, asking her to do things, Mother Teresa made a second vow. And this was the vow. To do God's bidding without delay. To do His will without delay. I mean, for Mother Teresa, it was so important for her to refuse God nothing. But it was equally as important that she would do His bidding do His will without delay. And when I read those two quotes this week, folks, I want you to know that my spirit was shook. Because I don't know, maybe you're like me, but often when God gives me a whisper, when God gives me a prompting in my life, I often go, I'll do that tomorrow. Or next week. Or next month. Or once the kids are old enough. Once I'm financially stable. God, if it's something that I don't have to lose, then I'll commit to it. And I believe Mother Teresa would say, no, 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 no. The answer is yes, immediately. Without delay, I will do whatever God asks me to do. She also developed some of these little practices of love. For her, the commitment was that she would treat every single individual with dignity. Whether they were filled with leprosy, whether they were on the verge of death, whether they smelled, whether they were dirty, whether they were filthy, whether they were totally a recluse to society, she would treat them with dignity. She would love them like Jesus would love them. The sick, the diseased, the black, the white, the rich, the poor. Just little practices of love. She did little acts of servanthood too. Which meant that whenever she was at a social gathering, she would always choose to be the last person in line. The last one to be served. And when it was time to clean up and it was time for dinner, she would often Leave her food there and be the first one to serve other people. I read a story this week that 
And I'll show a picture later on, but I'll show her feet at the end of her life. But what she would do is, when all the shoes would come into the mission, she would go through all of them, give all of them away. And she would take the worst shoe. And I thought this week, I would never do that. There's something within me that just doesn't understand what this woman was like. I mean, if it were me, you know, I'd want the Nikes, you know? I want the best. She guarded her words and her actions. She would honor God when no one was looking. Think about that, folks. No one's looking. When no one's looking, she's honoring God. What do you do when no one's looking? And these were just some of her private vows. She wasn't known to anybody. No one knew her from anybody. But she just lived them with great joy. And you understand real quickly why God searched planet Earth to find her. Because when He found her, He found a woman who was totally surrendered to Him. Now let's pause for just a second on Mother Teresa's story and I'll come back to it here in just a second. But you know, over the past six weeks, one of the things that we've been looking at is this series called Influence. How do we influence people in the circles around us with God's love and with His message? Jesus put it this way. Let's read it out loud together. It'll come up on the side screens. Let's read it out loud. You are the light of the world. Okay, let's say it again. You are the light of the world. In other words, Jesus, as He's looking at you right now, He's saying, you, the person sitting in your chair right now, you are to be light in the world. He says, don't be dumb and take your salad bowl and put it over top of your light. He said, you are to light up the world that is so dark. And let me just ask you folks, if, if the world is to be more light, who's going to do that? You. God is counting on you. In fact, Jesus went on to say, let your light shine before people that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In other words, you should look to leverage your influence that you have as a follower of Jesus every place you go. And if you're here today for the first time and you're checking this whole Jesus thing out and you're not so sure, you have influence to leverage it anyways for good things in this world, to make advances in this world for the purposes of God. Another scripture verse that has really spoke to me over these last few uh, weeks, and, and Chuck taught on it last week, and, and he and I have talked about this 
this word uh, that is used in this passage of reconciliation. But in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 18, it says this, God who reconciled us to himself through whom? Through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Who did God give the ministry of reconciliation to? Who? You, me, us. I mean, folks, I am one of those terrible sinners that if it weren't for the grace of a loving God who chose to send His one and only Son to a cross to die upon it, I would have never been reconciled. There's absolutely nothing in my life that is worthy to be reconciled to God. But Jesus took my place. And then he put his Holy Spirit into me. And he said, Chris, I'm going to give you the ministry of reconciliation. I want you to find people who are far from me. And I want you to love them into a relationship with me. Help them to be reconciled to the Father. And I just want to ask you this morning, are you at least really reaching out to one person in your life who has wandered far from God? Are you praying for them? Are you investing in them? Then we talked about the fact that when God reconciles us, we shouldn't walk the same way that we did before. We should walk differently. We should walk as people who see the world in 3D. 3D kind of lenses. That we want to live a life of 3D living. And the first step to this 3D living that we talked about was we want to develop friendships. And that's the first uh, fill-in for you. Develop friendships. We said that we, when we see people who are wandering away from God, we're not going to be repulsed by them. We're not going to be repelled by them. But we're going to be the first one to build friendships with them. We're going to be the first one to reach out a hand to someone. And regardless of what their language is like, regardless of what their behavior is like, we are going to show them the love of God. We will simply be filled with the love of Christ and ask, who are you and can you become my friend? This reminds me of a friend that I reached out to who was far from God. For him, I went to a dirty, smoky bar in Hartford City called Debbie Jello Shots or something like that. And then I watched this second-rate guitar player butcher up Van Halen in ways that I could never believe. And here's a picture of this so-called musician. For those of you who are new, this is Chuck Mock. He runs our Celebrate Recovery. And I did take a couple jello shots to get him to Jesus, okay? <laughs> you know what? Throughout the United States, I guarantee you, there's no pastor today that just used that phrase. So you are the first, okay? If you're new today, I know you're probably not coming back, but no, we love you. Anyways, okay. And, 
and in this whole series, what we've been talking about is developing friendships with people in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, uh, you know, at school. And we're going to develop friendships with people who are far from God. And we want to do this, folks, because it's simply within us. We've been reconciled by God. Why? To reconcile other people through God's Holy Spirit. And rather than preaching at them or going off on them, we take a second step of 3D living, which is to discover their story. We're going to take the time to actually understand their story. We're going to be resistant to no one. And regardless of, of what they've gone through, we want to find out why have they wandered away. And we'll be quiet and we'll listen. Why have they discarded God? And we'll do it quietly and we'll listen a lot to their stories. Because this is what I've found, folks. People often cannot trust the God that you know and that you love until they can trust you. You see, they have to trust you first. And once they trust you, then they'll give this God that you talk about a chance and they'll trust Him. So we discover their stories. And then finally, a third step that we talked about was we discern next steps. What is the next step? Maybe it's giving them a book. Maybe it's a a CD here from church. Maybe it's a music CD of some Christian artists. And one step that is a key step is that you invite them here. Statistics tell us that across the board that 60% of all of your friends and your coworkers will say yes to coming here if you ask them. In other words, folks, people are waiting to understand more about the spiritual parts of their life, but no one ever takes the next step of risk to invite them. So we're going to ante up today. If you would, in your program, you receive something that looked like this. If you don't have a program, if you don't have one of these, just raise your hand and Cinda is over there. She'll bring a uh, card or a program to you. So if you raise your hand, she'll get that to you. But I'd like everybody, uh, if you would, to just uh, pull this out for a second. It says, you're invited, God of a second chance. Now, next week, we are beginning a brand new series for five weeks that is going to be a powerful series called God of a Second Chance. It's going to impact everyone. But we've geared it especially to impact those friends of yours that you're going to invite. Whether it's a neighbor, a friend, a co-worker, between now and next Sunday for you to do that. Now, if you would, flip it over on the other side. Now, what do you notice in the upper right-hand corner of your particular card that's not up on the screen? What? It's got a stamp. You know how much this cost us? 33 cents. And we know if you don't send them. But we've invested because we're up in the ante, folks, because it's so important. Your friend, 
your coworker, your family member. This might be the next step. So on the left-hand side, you can write to them just something small because we knew some of you wouldn't write a lot. Joe, come to church. Kenny, okay? That's it. Whatever you want to do. And then you actually put their address there. So this is one of the few times I do this. If you don't think you're going to do it this week, do it now. You will not offend me. And if you send this out, folks, tomorrow, it will get in their hands on Tuesday, and then you can follow up with them and say, I'll meet you up front. Don't do this. Don't say, hey, come to church. Actually tell them you'll meet them up front, and then you can come and you can sit with them. You know what the worst thing in the world for a new person when they come to church is? Is that they get there and the person that invited them is already in here talking to all my friends. Hey, how you doing? Hey, buddy. Oh, and Joe walks in and you're like, hey, what's up, Joe? Hey, no. Forget your Christian friends. Tell them this is not your week to take my time. This is the week for me to be out front and praying. I call it the fool's corner of this building. Because fools go up there and they stand and they wait for their friends to come. And what better fool to be than a fool for Christ? And Jennifer and I have waited there in the front for many people. And I hope you'll wait too next week. So you really have no excuse And we already paid 33 cents for this for you. Some of you are like, man, I'm never going to pick up a program again. (laughs) But seriously, we want to encourage. So how many of you are going to do this before Monday? Raise your hand. Yeah, we'll wait and see. No, I'm just But I hope you will. I hope you will. I'm praying that way. Now, folks, we learned a lot in this series. And uh, we've learned some skills and ways to reach out to people who are far from God. But this is the thing that you need to know. That at the end of the day, regardless of your personality, your skills, how persuasive you are, it is the power of God moving through you that creates the real impact. That's why Scripture says this, and let's read this out loud together. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of God, our lives impacted. If anyone comes because you send this this week and you're taking the next step, the reason they will come, though, is because you prayed and you said, God, I want them to be here on this Sunday. And this is simply a tool that we get to use. Folks, ultimately, it's always the power of God moving through another person that brings them here to sit in a seat. Not me, not anyone else. Now this is a scary thing, but I want you to think about this for a second. Imagine that you're God for a month. It's more scary looking at some of you right now to imagine that you're going to be my God for a month, okay? But let's imagine that. You're God for a month. And you look down at the world that you created. And you look down at the people that you love. You look down at this group of people that you allowed your one and only son to go and to die on a cross for. And you look down at this world, and what you notice is that it's a huge mess. 
There are people who are wandering away from you, could care less about you. And there's violence and bloodshed and rape and abuse and starvation and injustice. And as God, you look down at the mess of the world and it breaks your heart. You have the power to change it all, but what you've decided is that your plan is is that you're going to use other people, human beings, to do this through them. And that being the case, you're going to choose to do some transforming work through people. And I have a feeling that if you were God and you were looking down and you had to choose someone, you would want to choose someone who was fully devoted to you. Someone whose heart was pure. You'd probably pick someone who daily is giving private vows to you of love and service. And I don't think it would matter to you whether or not the person was from Albania and a school teacher who was making minimum wage. You see, God can work through anyone who is devoted to Him. And that's exactly what God did. He saw Mother Teresa and he saw this messed up world and he said, I've got to get the two of them together because I know that I can trust this woman because she will create incredible influence and impact and power in this world. And she'll do it all. Guess what? This is the kicker. She'll do it all for my glory and my honor. She is so humble. She doesn't care if they ever see her face. They want She wants them to see His face. And you know, I talk to Christ followers all the time, and they'll tell me sometimes that they're kind of disappointed that God isn't using them more. That God hasn't raised them up for greater influence. And sometimes as as they talk, this is what the truth is. The only thing they really want is a mild dose of God. They don't want all of God. They just want a mild dose of God. It's like when you go to MCL cafeteria and you're picking a side of this and a side of that. And what you really just want is a side of God. I'll keep the main dish myself, but I'll take a side of God. But folks, it doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. And it will never work that way in the future. God can't use people that simply want Him to be a side item of their life. The teaching of Scripture is clear. God flows His power and gives His influence to only people who are fully devoted to Him. And many times in my quiet moments and in my thoughts, I'll... Remember an old hymn that I grew up as a kid. And it says this, Have your own way, Lord. Have your own way. You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. I'm waiting, God. I'm yielded and still. You just tell me what to do. And I just wonder this morning, is it your heart's cry to say, Have your way, Are you making private vows to God? Do you say, God, I will refuse you nothing. I will do your bidding without delay. My heart is fully yours. 
And at the end of our celebration today, we're going to give you an opportunity for you to renew that personal commitment that you have with God to say, God, have your way. I'm here. And it would be so cool in this gym today if there were people. See, you don't need a lot of people. You just need a few people that say, no, I'm in. Well, back to the story of Mother Teresa. At the age of 36, after a dozen years of being invisible, so from 22 to 36, nobody knew her as Mother Teresa. She was just Teresa, the school teacher. Just doing school teaching work. But she made these little vows and she kept these vows. And she gets on a train and she goes 400 miles to a spiritual retreat. And while she's sitting on this train, all of a sudden God kind of taps her on the shoulder. And immediately he puts a whisper in a picture in her mind, and she knows it's from God. He paints a picture in her mind that she needs to leave this whole school teaching thing and that she needs to go to the slums of India in Calcutta and to take care of the dying and the diseased for the rest of her life and that she may not ever receive any public acknowledgement for what she does. Just obscurity. The armpit of the world is where she was called to. Now question. How many of you would like an assignment like that from God? I mean, what would happen, honestly, today, during this celebration, that God came down to you and God tapped you on the shoulder and He called you to leave all that you have. Your house, your car, your wealth, your family. And He said, I'm going to send you to a very difficult place to serve. It's going to be the armpit of the world. And no one will maybe ever know what you do. But I will. I'll know. And I'll give you the strength and the power to do it joyfully. So what would you do? How would you respond? When Mother Teresa got that call on her life, she was elated. She was just ecstatic that God noticed her. That He would whisper to her. That he would choose her. And folks, when you've been praying for a decade, God, use me. I will refuse you nothing. Ask me to do anything, I'll do it. I will do your bidding without delay. I mean, when you've been asking and praying God for a a decade for answers, and then it comes, it must be like the coolest thing in the world. And Mother Teresa was so exhilarated. In fact, she, she calls this in her writings her inspiration day. It took place on September 10th, 1946 to be exact, and she talked about it the rest of her life. It was the day God spoke to me. 
Now, there are others who could say a lot about that. They would maybe say something like, yeah, God moved you to the worst part, the most awful place in the world. Why would you do that? It's dumb. But she didn't see it that way. In fact, she immediately started sending letters to her superiors so that she could do this work that God called her to do. Now, for what it's worth, I still believe that God taps people on the shoulders today. That He taps people on shoulders when they're in trains, planes, automobiles, when they're in big churches, when they're in gymnasiums that are churches, in coffee shops, in factory floors, in office cubicles. It doesn't matter. I still believe that what God likes to do is He likes to rock the world of men and women all over the place to whisper to them, to call them to things that they could never imagine. But He says, I'll be with you to do it. And I was just thinking about my own life and many Christians, that for so many of us, we become so comfortable. Maybe some of you don't listen to God and His whispers as much as you did when you first came to Christ. Or maybe you listen to them, but sometimes they seem too difficult, and so you ignore them. I mean, Mother Teresa was overjoyed. She was... She was elated that she got one regardless of what it was. And I just wonder if you would be overjoyed if God tapped you on the shoulder today and asked you to do something difficult. When God whispers to you, folks, how do you respond? You know, I've led this church publicly for nine years. I've heard a lot of stories of people talking about whispers that they sensed in their life. I've seen them surrender some amazing things in their life. Chuck's a great example of this. Many of you are as well. Where You you surrendered something to God. You said yes to Him. And God has done some amazing things through your lives, through your marriages. Really cool stories. Sometimes I'm, I'm amazed to see it. And I just wonder that maybe today, myself included, but maybe we just all need to re-surrender and take some private vows to say, God, speak to me. I will refuse you nothing. I will do your bidding without delay. God, speak to me. And when we have hearts like that, folks, God does speak to us. Sometimes He gives you a brand new assignment. Sometimes He calls you to keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. I know for me, 
for most of 2002, I spent time praying, asking, begging God to give me his vision for what he wanted me to do for the rest of my life. And he gave me this vision of a different kind of church, a church that would break the mold. But the only thing I didn't get in the midst of that vision was where did he want me to do this at? And so I went to Louisville, Kentucky, and I spent three days praying and fasting to God. And that sounds real holy, but to be honest, it was miserable. Absolute misery. And you're not eating either. And God was saying, that's not where I want you. I talked to some people in Pomona, California, in Phoenix, Arizona. I went down to Columbus, Indiana, and prayed to nothing. But finally, at the end of that year, close to the end of that year in August, August 16th, 2002, I was praying in my house when all of a sudden I sensed this whisper from God, I want you to plant this church in Muncie and I never want you to question me again. And folks, I haven't. And you know what one of the greatest joys for me is? Is that sometimes when I'm looking out and I know your world, other people don't know your world, but something's happened in your world and I look out and I see what God has done in some of your lives, I am so humbled that He would even choose me to be a part of His reconciling movement. And I want you to know, folks, that I am overjoyed that I heeded the call in 2002. But I want you to know too that over these nine years, folks, I have uh, I've listened to other stories of people, some of you are here, in which God whispered something to you and maybe because the content of the whisper was too difficult or was going to cause some discomfort or the price was too high or you were a little bit scared when I've talked to those people, they would say, well, it would interrupt my agenda if I followed this whisper. And when I talk to people who've had that experience and they resist this call from God, you know, I had this whisper, Chris, but I didn't pay attention to it. When I have those stories, folks, they're always sprinkled with regret. People regret. I had that opportunity to do that thing but I didn't do it. And friends, I'm just telling you, as your pastor, as someone who loves you, as someone who cares for you, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the person at the end of your life that you look back on it and you say, God whispered something to me, but I just refuse to do it. Don't let that be you. Whispers and callings are precious commodities that can change entire communities. I mean, look what a yes did for Mother Teresa. She became such a person of impact that she will inspire generations after generations after generations of people. Why? Because she said yes. And... The reality is, folks, who knows what God would do 
in your life, if you just said yes to his whisper. Well, back to Mother Teresa. So she's on this train and she gets this new assignment and she is pumped. She's like, I can't wait because God chose me. And so she goes to her superiors and she says, I'm ready. I'm ready to leave the school teaching business and I'm ready to go to the slums of Calcutta to take care of the poor. But you know what her superiors, the church people said? No! No! And this blew Mother Teresa's mind. She's like, what's up with that, dog? Okay, not maybe quite like that, but with that kind of intensity, like, what? What are you talking about? And she was like, but I just have to do this. And they said, well, you report to us, and we're telling you the stamp is no. And it drove her crazy. And if you read her writings, what you see is that these 18 months were filled with frustration. She would send letter after letter and she would write in her journal. She just couldn't believe that people could not see that this was the call of her life. In fact, I was reading one of these this week in which she was so overwhelmed that she wrote to a church official and this is what she said. I beg of you, Your Grace, in the name of Jesus and for the love of Jesus, let me go. Delay no longer. Keep me not back. If the work be all human, it will die with me. If it is all His, it will live for ages to come. Souls are being lost in the meantime. Fear not for me. It doesn't matter what happens to me. But please, let me go. She's begging the church officials that she'll lay down her one and only life for the poor. She's begging them. And when I read that, it doesn't matter what happens to me. It reminded me of Acts chapter 20, verse 24, when Paul, Jesus' closest follower, said these words, I no longer count my life, my plan, my agenda. I no longer count my life as dear unto myself. All I want is to achieve the mission, the vision, to, to be obedient to the whisper that God has given to me. Every serious-minded Christ follower that I know, folks, eventually looks at that Scripture verse and they say, that is me. The rest of my stuff doesn't matter to me anymore. Only what God wants to do in my future matters. Well, eventually... Mother Teresa is set free to carry out God's vision in India. And she had like this pit bull kind of determination and persistency to get it done. Now folks, I, maybe you're like me, but sometimes when I sense God calling me to do something, sometimes I don't know if it's God or it's just my thinking. Or somewhere in between. And sometimes I wonder, is God asking me to take a step of faith and to do it in my energy and 
the knowledge that he's given me? Or is he asking me to wait on him longer? And it's very, I don't know about you, maybe, maybe you get it real well, but for me it, it's very confusing sometimes to know exactly where he's at and what he wants me to do. And Mother Teresa wrestled with these kind of things her entire life. You know, after studying her life and seeing the struggles that she had, all these vows challenged me this week. It stretched me to say, God, Chris Bunch, would you just do like a a tenth of what you did in her life? God, I want to have that kind of faith. I don't want to sit on the sideline. I don't want to just be happy with what you've already done. God, would you do something through me? I want to be in the game. I want to fight for your purpose. Now, another thing that you might not know about Mother Teresa is that for long periods of her Christian life, she had what they call, uh, what she called these spiritual dry spells dry spells, where she didn't actually fill very many feelings of being very close to God. Some of you know what a spiritual dry spell is like. It's that moment where it, it just feels like God is far away. You wish there was more filling, but there isn't. And what do you do, folks, when you're, you're, when you're on the mission that God, you think, is calling you to do, but you don't feel the warm fuzzies anymore, and you don't feel the emotion, and you don't feel the supportive presence of God around you? What do you do? Well, Mother De- Teresa just decided that even if she didn't feel His presence, she would be faithful to His calling. And during a dry spell, she, she wrote this in which she didn't feel His presence, but she said this. But I... Hold on to your seats for this one, because this just shakes your world. But I will seek to love God as He has never been loved before. In the midst of the dry spell, when she didn't feel His presence, when she didn't sense Him being very close, she said, I will choose to love Him like He's never been loved before. And again, folks, when I read those words this week, I thought, I will never, I will never get to that spiritual love. There was such a closeness between her and God that I will never experience that in my life. I mean, even in the dry spell, you know, when, the, when you've gone through a death, when you've gone through a divorce, when you've gone through some addiction in your life, when all of your friends have left you, you've lost your job, you're, you're dry, you're all by yourself, even then, 
She said, no, I'll love him. I will love him like he's never been loved before. It's no wonder God used this woman. And you know, even when her uh, health began to fail at the end of her life, she just kept serving and serving and serving. And on August 5th, 1997, when she took her final breath and she died, the whole world sat there and wondered, would we ever see a woman like this again in the history of the world? Several years ago, I was sitting in a a church setting just like you are today, when I saw a picture of uh, Mother Teresa's feet at the end of her life, and here's a picture of them right there. And when I first saw them, at first I was like, ah. And then all of a sudden, there was like this whisper that came to me, those are the feet of my servant. They're deformed. They're distorted. And folks, all that Mother Teresa wanted to do in her life, all she really wanted in her life was for God to work through her so that she could influence and fix a broken and needy world. And now I want to ask you, what do you really want? What do you really want with the remaining days of your life? What do you want to do with the remaining days of your life? I was thinking about how we would close today, and so I'm going to ask you to stand here. So please stand. And if you mean business, if today you're really sitting there and maybe you felt a tap or you've been convicted today, and you want to say today, Here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. I thought what might be cool is that all of us would just corporately read the vows, these Christian vows that Mother Teresa gave and that we would say them with one voice. So they'll come up on the side screens and let's say these out loud together. God, I yield myself fully to you. I embrace your calling on my life. I will do your bidding without delay. I will refuse nothing. I will endure all hardships. When I don't feel your presence, I will still be faithful. I will seek to love you as you have never been loved before. Here I am. Send me.
Sometimes is that when you've uh, had an emotional experience and you feel like, wow, that's what I want. You're like, okay, bunch, what's next? Don't ask me. This is between you and God. That's why we pray. That's why we read our Bible. That's why we listen to promptings. That's why we do private vows to God. God will whisper to you. And when He does, just have the guts to obey the whisper. So I'm going to invite our prayer team to uh, come up. And if you need prayer for obeying God's whisper, maybe you just need some strength today to say, I want to follow the whisper. Come up and they'll, they'll pray with you. Let's pray now. God, we come to you and we are surrendered and we are so thankful that you chose to reconcile us to yourself. God, we're available. We want to be used for you for your glory. So give us your strength. Give us your power. From this day forward to our final day, we pray in Jesus' name. And the people of God said,
Amen. Have a great week. If you're new here today, first time, please stop by Guest Connections. We have a gift for you there. Have a great week, everybody.